Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. get to the New Testament, that conflict continues, and you have King Herod, King Herod the Great, who tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby, and he's called an Idumean. It means an Edomite, and so he comes from Esau, right? Okay, and so now we have Jacob born, and when you get to chapter 32, in chapter 32, Jacob is coming back from a little sojourn with his uncle Laban, And he's been gone out of Canaan for 20 years. And when he comes back, he's going to meet up with Esau, who he's got, who who he has bad, a bad relationship with because he ripped Esau off. And so 20 years later, Jacob is still afraid of being killed by Esau. And he finds out Esau's coming with 400 guys. Okay, so that's a, that's a setting of this. And what Jacob does is he makes a camp for his family and uh, for his servants He gets on the other side of the camp, on the other side of a river, and he has this, again, encounter with an angel, and it turns out to be the Lord, okay? Angel in in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the, the word itself means messenger. And so when you see the word angel, it can be talking about angels like we think of angels, or it can be talking about a messenger that's come from the Lord or the messenger of the Lord, and sometimes he's called God. And that would be an Old Testament appearance, actually, of Jesus. And I opened a can of worms, and I'm gonna let it wriggle right there. Okay, in any case, that's what happens with him here. He gets into a wrestling match, and he won't stop. And finally, the Lord tells him, I got the sun's coming up, I gotta go. And it's not because the Lord is afraid of the sun. It's, a, it's because Jacob had a, an appointment with his brother, and Jacob is fearful. And so when you get to the end of chapter 32, it says, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. This is the angel reaching down and touching Jacob's hip. And he said, let me go for the day breaks, but he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In the book of Hosea, you find out he's weeping when he's doing this. He's crying and he's saying, I'm not gonna let you go unless you bless me. And this is the blessing that God gives to him. He said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And the name Israel means a prince who has power with God. And so God changes his name from Jacob which is literally heel catcher because he reached out and grabbed his, son, his brother's heel when his brother was being born. And it's a, it's a word that um, implies the idea of being a thief or a usurper. And that's what Jacob was up till this point. And then God knocks the, and actually he uh, basically takes his hip out of joint. Jacob's on the, gr- on the ground weeping and God says, okay, what do you want? And then he says, I'm gonna change your nature. When you have a change of name, 
It, it indicates a change of nature. So instead of being a grasping, thieving, usurping manipulator, I'm going to make you a prince who has power with God. And that's where the term Israel comes from, okay? And so this is the first instance of the name Israel in the Bible right here. And it's when God names Jacob. And God is the one who named him, okay? So Jacob and Israel are synonymous. Those two names are interchangeable, and they interchange in the book of Genesis and all the way through the Old and New Testament. So anytime you're looking at Jacob, you're also looking at a guy named Israel, okay? And so we have that. And then finally, turn back over to Genesis chapter 49. And this isn't the place where, it has, where, where all of this happens, but this is the place where Jacob blesses his sons and you get a list of the names of his sons. And there are how many? 12. And so there are 12 sons. And so it starts off with Reuben, and it goes to Simeon and Levi, and then it goes to Judah, and then it goes to Zebulun and Issachar and Dan, and on down, on down through. Gad and Naphtali and Joseph and so on, all the way through. And so those are the 12 sons of Israel. They're also the 12 sons of Jacob, same guy. And these are where each one of these sons had a family and those families grew into the tribes of Israel. And so when you're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, this is what you're talking about. You're talking about guys who are literally descended from Jacob. So goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Not Abraham, Ishmael, Jacob. Not Abraham, Isaac, Esau, Israel. Or excuse me, the, the 12 tribes. It, it is from Jacob. So it goes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And again, there were other sons, but they are not in the covenant family. And so this is what Israel is. This is what the 12 tribes of Israel is. And as you go through the rest of the Bible, that's what you see when you're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, depending, okay? And here's what it's depending on. There are times when Levi gets left out. And Levi specifically gets left out when land is being passed out to the 12 tribes because the tribe of Levi was connected to the temple and to the tabernacle. And so God gave them places to live, but they were dispersed through all the different tribal areas of Israel. They're kind of like counties or states of the nation of Israel. And they were dispersed amongst those people, but they didn't have their own inheritance. And so to keep it 12, what happened was God took the two sons of Joseph, which are Ephraim and Manasseh. And you read through the rest of the Bible, you'll get familiar with those, term, with those names too. Ephraim and Manasseh, and they were half-tribes of Israel under Joseph. So when Ephraim and Manasseh are mentioned, almost always Joseph is not mentioned, and also Levi is not mentioned. And that usually has to do with the dispersal of the land. If Levi is mentioned, almost always Joseph is mentioned. And so either way, you have 12 tribes of Israel, okay? And so that's so, that's so you don't get confused later on. Okay, so Jacob has the 12 sons. Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. And then the next thing that you have is the book of Exodus. And so from Exodus to the book of Joshua, 
You have Israel returning to Canaan and conquering it. At the end of the book of Genesis, the family of Jacob, all the 12 sons, the family of Jacob goes down to Egypt where they stay for 400 years. And after 400 years, they return to the land of Canaan at that point. And so that's the Exodus. And that's where the term, that's where the biblical name Exodus comes from. And that goes on till the book of Joshua. And in Joshua, you have the conquest of the land of Canaan by the Israelites, by the 12 tribes of Israel. And that took place in 1405 BC. There's a reason I'm giving you dates. In 1405 BC, that took place. Then later on in history, when you get to the book of 1 Samuel, specifically 1 Samuel chapter 11, I'm not gonna turn there, but in 1 Samuel chapter 11, you have the beginning of the kingdom. So from the time of Joshua, which is about 1400 BC, all the way to the time of King Saul, which is about 1050 BC, you have the judges ruling Israel. In 1051 BC, Saul sets up the first kingdom of Israel where all the 12 tribes are united. And then after Saul comes David, okay? The kingdom later on, you have David after, after Saul, and then after David, you have Solomon, and after, after Solomon, you have a guy named Rehoboam, and that's the next guy. And the kingdom is divided under Rehoboam, and I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 10. There's a reason I, I, I want you there. After Kings, and in this passage, what you have is a rebellion. And basically what happens is Rehoboam is a young ruler, and you have the 10 tribes that are not Judah and Benjamin, specifically. All the other tribes come to Rehoboam and say, your father was crazy on his tax increases, and we would like you to lower those tax increases so that we can live, kind of like living in the United States. Their taxes were much less than ours, and there was a civil war over it. In any case, Rehoboam goes and gets counselors. The older men say, you do this, and you are going to have these people forever. You do this, it will be good. And then he goes to the young men, and he says, they, they say to him, if you do this, they're just going to walk all over you. And I'm paraphrasing here. And what you need to do is you need to go to them and say, my father chastened you with whips. I'm going to chasten you with scorpions and go and get tough with these guys. And when that happened, all of Israel left at that point. At that point. And so it says, what share, verse 16 of chapter 10, it says, what share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. And what he's talking about is David came from the tribe of Judah, okay? And so at this point, when you get to chapter 11, Israel has been divided. And so now you have 10 tribes in the north and you have two tribes in the south. The 10 tribes in the north are from this point on called the nation of Israel. And the two tribes in the south are called the nation of Judah. And that is, that is again where you get the term Jew, it comes from Judah. When you look at what takes place here though, is the northern tribes go immediately into idolatry and you have a bunch of people who are in the northern tribes who are actually followers of the Lord. And so they don't wanna do idolatry. 
And so what they do is they defect from the northern 10 tribes and they go down to the kingdom of Judah. And so you can see this in verses 13 through 17 of chapter 11. Let's read it. It says, and from all their territories, the priests and the Levites who were in all Israel took their stand with him, talking about Rehoboam, for the Levites left their common lands and their possessions and came to Judah and Jerusalem for Jeroboam and his sons had rejected them from serving as priests to the Lord. Then he appointed for himself priests for the high places for the demons and the calf idols which he had made. And after the Levites left, those from all the tribes of Israel, such as set their heart to seek the Lord God of Israel, came to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their fathers. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah, okay? And so when you get to this passage right here, the kingdom has split. Northern 10 tribes are up north. Southern two tribes are down south. And all the people from the northern 10 tribes, and this is talking about Naphtali and Asher and, and Zebulun and all, all the, Reuben and all, Gad and all of these guys, Manasseh and Ephraim, all the people from those tribes who were worshipers of the Lord defect from those 10 tribes and go down to Judah, right? This is important later on. And so that takes place in 922 B.C., so you now, you now have all of the tribes of Israel reflected in the kingdom of Judah. Follow that? When you get to 2 Kings uh, chapter 17, and that's in 2 Kings chapter 17 in verse 6, it talks about the captivity of Israel to the Assyrians. And so the Assyrian empire comes into the land of Israel, and that's the northern 10 tribes, and conquers them and takes them off into captivity. And that happens in 722 BC. Then, we're skipping ahead here, in 2 Kings chapter 25, you have the same thing happening to the nation of Judah. And so the northern 10 tribes were taken into captivity they never returned. There were Jews from the northern 10 tribes, or Israelites, I should say, from the northern 10 tribes that stayed in the land, and they ended up mixing with pagans, and that's where you get the Samaritans. And that's one of the reasons that Jews in the New Testament don't like Samaritans, because they're, you know, they're Israelites who are mixed with the pagans. And so there was a long-standing feud between them. And so when you get to 586 B.C., this is when the nation of Judah is conquered by Babylon. And there, was a, there were a series of battles that took place. And so first there was the ruling of Judah by the Babylonians. And then there was, and at that point, the nobleman's children were taken into captivity. That's what happened with Daniel, for example. But there were still people back in Jerusalem. They continued to rebel, and then later on, there was the destruction. So there's a servitude of the nation, and then there's the destruction of the temple later on. And when the, when the temple was destroyed, there were still Jews that were left in the land, but all of the skilled tradesmen and anybody who had any kind of wealth, any of the nobles, all of these people were taken off into captivity to Babylon and that's a 70-year captivity in Babylon. And that again happened in 720, or excuse me, 586 BC. 
And then as we're going through the Bible in the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah, you have the return of the Jews, came from the, came from the kingdom of Judah. You have the return of the Jews from Babylon. And that's, that return started in 538 BC. And then after they come back to the land of Israel, there's a large population in, of Jews in Babylon, continues to be there. But there's a larger population in the land of Israel and they begin to flourish there. There are issues where they, uh, where they are basically ruled by Greeks. The first they were ruled by the Persians, then by the Greeks. And then, then they were free for a period of time. And then the Romans came in and took over. And you have the kingdom of Judah in the land until 70 AD, specifically in the, in the city of Jerusalem. That's when Jerusalem is destroyed. And then the majority of the population is thrown out of the land in 132 AD, but there's still Jews in Israel during that time. They never left. And so they've, they've been there. And so here's, here's the reason that I'm telling you all this stuff. When you talk about the land of Israel, Palestine, Palestine was a name that was given to uh, the land of Israel by the Romans in 132. And it was basically to trash the Jews. What the Romans did was they named the Jewish homeland after the Philistines. That's where you get the term Palestine. And so the Romans knew that the Jews did not like the Philistines. They were classic enemies. And so they named the land of Israel after the Philistines. Are there any Philistines on the planet anymore? No. They don't exist. They, they faded off into history. They don't exist anymore. And so the name Palestine is a name that was given to the land again as, as a trope against the, the people of Israel. Okay, so I'm just gonna go through this history real quick once again, just starting from King Saul. So King Saul united the 12 tribes of Israel as a Jewish nation. Under King David, he ruled from Hebron, Hebron's always in the news. That was David's capital. He ruled from Hebron, today part of the West Bank, and Jerusalem was established as the capital of the Jewish nation later on. King David purchased Mount Moriah for 50 shekels of silver, and that's where the temple is. It was purchased by David, literally. It's, it was his land. King Solomon built the temple, known as the first temple, the Babylonians conquered Israel in 586 BC, about 2,600 years ago, and destroyed the first temple. Most of the Jewish population was exiled to Babylon, but some Jews remained. 150 years later, the Persians conquered Babylon and permitted the Jews in exile to return to Israel and authorized the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. 200 years later, Alexander the Great, the Greeks conquered the Persians, and the Jews continued to live in Jerusalem and Israel under Greek rule. The Romans occupied Jerusalem and Israel in the first century BC. The Jews revolted against Roman rule about 130 years later during what became known as the first Jewish revolt. In response, the Romans destroyed the Seneca Temple. That's 70 AD. Many Jews were slaughtered by the Romans and most left the country, but some Jews remained. The Romans renamed Judea Palestina in an attempt to minimize Jewish identification with the land. It was from that point forward, the land became known as Palestine. 
okay? And so it was not until 622 AD that the Muslim religion was established by Muhammad in Mecca in what is today Saudi Arabia. Caliph, Caliph Umar was a contemporary of Muhammad and began conquering non-Arabian lands, including Palestine, around 636. Jews were permitted to re-enter Jerusalem and settled around the Western Wall. However, over the next 400 plus years, Jews suffered under caliphate rule. So the Jews are still in the land. Christian crusaders conquered Palestine in 1099, and they are known for slaughtering both Jews and Muslims when they came into the land of Israel. So there are Jews in Israel during this time. After 200 years, and they didn't call it Israel at this time, they called it Palestine. So the Roman name stuck, okay? After 200 years under Christian rule, where Jews and Muslims suffered, then the Mamluks began rule of the area. And during the Mamluk era, there was a decline of towns and commerce and of Jewish com communities. In other words, the land of Israel started becoming a desert under the Mamluks. And this is stuff that's prophesied in the Old Testament. In 1517, the Ottomans took over control of Palestine and there was a further decline of the land, but an increasing Jewish population. And so under the Turks, that's the Ottoman Turks, under the Turks, the land begins declining even more. And so they famously put taxes on fruit trees. And so what everybody who lived in Israel or Palestine did was they cut down their fruit trees so they didn't have to pay these taxes. Later on, the Turks brought in railroads and they cut down many of the forests in, Israel's, in Israel. And so the land is becoming more and more denuded as time goes on. During World War I in 1917, the British took control over Palestine and the British mandate for Palestine was established in 1922. And so what happened was the Ottoman Empire existed up until the 20th century. And the Turks sided with the Germans in World War I. Well, they lost. And when they lost, Britain took control over that whole area of the Middle East and so Palestine became a British protectorate. It became a mandatory, basically, geographic area. Palestine did not exist as a nation under the Turks. Palestine did not exist as a nation under the Mamluks. They did not exist as a nation under the Crusaders. They did not exist as a nation under the Muslims. They did not exist as a nation from the time of 132 AD all the way up until the time of the Muslims in 622 AD. Palestine was a geographical area. It was not a country. It was never a country. And it never had a people that was indigenous to it except for the Jews. The Jews have been there since 2000 BC, since the time of Abraham, okay? So when you get to the 20th century, what takes place is from 1922 all the way up until 1947, the British are in control of Palestine and they're ruling it as a mandate.
You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.